you people clap your hands. Make us one today, God. Friends, let's lift our voices. Be strong today. This is where worship starts. This is where worship starts here. Here in the temple of my heart. Tasted and I've seen, tasted and I've seen, remembering who you are once again. this. 
There's nothing like doing something together, right? As one. Worship galvanizes, unifies. We put our hands together like this. We sing together like this. Let us be the worshipers that he is looking for today.
trust in him when we say we build our lives on him this is lifted from one of the greatest the greatest sermon ever preached the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus speaks it's Matthew 5 6 and 7 and he ends the entire sermon saying if you listen to my words if you really listen to my words and put them into practice then you'll be like the wise person who builds his life, who builds the house on the rock. So the storm may come, but it doesn't move. And if you don't listen, if you don't put the words in practice, then it's like you've built the house on sand. And when the storm comes, the house will be removed. So we're singing, I will build my life. It's saying, I'm gonna build my life on the rock. I'm gonna listen to the words of God and I'm gonna put them into practice. So today we are putting it into practice. If you're new to the Word of God, if you're new to the Bible, I encourage you to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Read the Gospels. Read the book of John. We're in this amazing series right now on the book of John to receive the words of Jesus and to put them into practice so that when we sing, I will build my life on God, it's true. 
So let's do that. I will build my life on you, Jesus. I want to listen to your words and I want to put them into practice. I'm not here just to sing songs. I'm not here to be entertained. I'm here to bring my life, God, and I trust you in my life. And I've heard your words and they've transformed me. And I build now my house. I build now my life upon your love. Upon your truth I will build. And I will
now my song will ever be. Every voice right here. Now my song will ever be of my Savior's love for me when I last, when I last is face I see. You know, so many times when we come into these spaces of worship, we are seeking God and we're seeking God and we're saying, God, would you change this? And God's okay with that. God invites that. He says, call to me and I'll answer you. So this is, this is what he wants to be happening, that we would say, God, would you change this? But you know, there's something else that needs to happen in worship. It's not just, God, would you change this? It's also, God, would you change the way I see this? Would you change my very perspective? And that's why worship is so important. See, as we came in and we started singing these songs together, something started to shift, and what's shifting is that we are seeing things the way they truly are. That God is high and exalted. He's the one who reigns above everything that happens in worship. This is what worship teaches us, and, and we learn this from two people in the scriptures, primarily David in the Old Testament. He's the one who says, oh, magnify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together. And then in the New Testament, Mary teaches us the exact same thing in her song when she says, my soul does magnify the Lord. What's that idea there of magnifying God? Because we can't change God. God never changes, so we can't make him any bigger. So what's changing when we magnify God? Well, think about using that magnifying glass. It's like when you use a magnifying glass, the object doesn't change our perspective changes. We see it different when we magnify it, and that's the idea in worship. We wanna see God to be greater. It's not just that he is greater, it's that we need to see him to be greater. So as you stare in the face of whatever you're facing, and you, you know, okay, is it possible? Can God be greater than my failures? Can God be greater than my confusion? Can God be greater than my pain, and we know the answer is yes, but when we worship God, we're saying, God, I wanna see it. 
Like, I wanna have that perspective that I can know and see that you are greater. So that's the invitation of worship. And as, as we continue in worship and as we give of our tithes and offerings and we list how you can give on the screen, what are we saying? We're saying, God, we wanna see you to be greater in Colorado Springs. God, we wanna see you to be greater across this nation. And so as we lean into that, that's the invitation of worship. We know it's true, but we want to see it right now, God. That's what we're asking. Let me pray. Father, we ask that our perspective would shift right now. There are things, there are mountains in front of us that might convince us that they are greater. But right now, we rebuke that thought and we say, that's just, that's not true. What is true is that you reign above all of that. There is nothing we are facing that is greater than you. And so God, as our hearts have joined together to lift up these songs, may our hearts now see it. May we see the difference that you bring, God. You bring breakthrough, you bring deliverance, you bring salvation. These are all the things that you do. And so now we lift up our song and we unite our voices to declare what is true, that you reign above it all. And so we declare it together in the name of Jesus Christ. If you agree with that, would you say amen? Come on, let's give praise to the Lord. He's worthy of it. Amen. Come on, through every fear, through every worry, through every need, we know this now. God, let's put things into perspective today. that voice now doesn't get old, it will never get old. We come in here with our worries and our real things, our realities, but we lay them down and we lift up a greater truth that our God reigns over all things, right? Over all things, amen. Church, good to be with you today. Hey, this is fun. We got Brad and Brayden Sheesby playing electric guitar. We, we've kind of become a father-son band up here these days. My son's been playing drums a lot. And, and then these guys, Brad's been at New Life for 20, 20 hundred years, a lot of years. He looks amazing. Braden, how old are you? 17. 17 years old. So, this is incredible. 
It's just worth celebrating. All right, friends. Well, hey, Pastor Brady's going to come open the, the word of the Lord here in a second. Would you greet one another? Just say hi to some folks and it's a little fist bumps, the whole thing. Go ahead. Good morning. I'm Becky. We're so glad you're here with us today at New Life North. My name is Briggs. If you're new here and you're wondering what ministries New Life Church offers, you can scan the QR code or click the link below. And if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, be sure and make a comment and let us know where you're watching from. Yes. Grab your Bible, grab a pen, grab a notebook, grab your favorite coffee. It's time to lean in and hear an amazing message. are you? Yeah, like three of you. That's awesome. Good to see you. I'm, I'm glad to see you, okay? Good, good. I was in uh, Louisiana last uh, weekend. It's, the, it's another country. It's south of here. Whole, whole nother nation, Louisiana. I had crawfish. A lot of stuff that swims in ditches and a lot of crustaceans lost their lives for me. So, uh, I got to go down and watch some LSU baseball, took my daughter. We'd never been to the new stadium. And I know you could care less about any of this, but I thought I should give you a, a quick report. Spoke at a church there, a really good friend down there. And then I took uh, Callie to the French Quarter, which if you've never done that, I, I wouldn't advise it, quite honestly. It's pretty dangerous. <laughs> Save your money, go somewhere else. Go to Pueblo, same thing, all right? <laughs> Do the river walk at Pueblo. You've had the same experience. It's, all, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> hey, I want to brag on you. <laughs> I want to brag on you just for a minute. Uh, actually, I want to brag on you all the time. I really am proud of you. I just sent out kind of a, a really a, an innocent email last two weeks ago saying, hey, we got a lot of families showing up at the church, not only here, but down in Nueva Vida. Uh, the regional food banks are all under stress. A lot of food scarcity. I, I know you know this because you're living out in the community, but there is a noticeable gap between people with food and without food. And I know you may not know some of these people personally, but there are more people in El Paso County than you, you can imagine that are struggling for food every day. And it's, it's, it's growing. It's becoming more and more uh, dire for some families. And we're very aware of it because we're meeting with these families. We know these families. We're helping these families. So our food bank here at New Life North we have a food bank at Nueva Vida that feeds, let's listen to this, 2,000 people a month are receiving food from our Spanish-speaking campus. And unbelievable stories, unbelievable stories of people struggling and wrestling, but they're praying for them, leading them to Christ. I don't know if you know this, but our Nueva Vida congregation is the second largest congregation we have. North is the largest. But Nueva Vida is bigger than all of our other congregation. It's growing. About 1,500 people a week now are attending Nueva Vida. And thank the Lord for that. And they're hearing, they're hearing the gospel. Pastor Jeremias and Anna are just fire-breathing. I mean, I mean they, they're the best preachers on our staff. I've said that forever. And, uh, well, they're the second best. But, I mean, but, they're, but they're, no, they're the, more humble than anybody, though. <laughs> No, they're awesome. 
I love them to death. They, they were with me in South America, so we travel a lot together and get to know each other. But anyway, so, so that one email, we had over 1,400 Amazon orders delivered to our lobby. Several tons of food came in in a matter of six or seven days. It was, it was almost overwhelming how much food uh, that you gave. And I just wanna say thank you. Our food banks now are full here at North and at, at Nueva Vida. We don't need any more right now. But I just wanna say thank you so much for responding. I didn't have to I didn't have to beg or plead or, you know, work up some kind of manipulative story. I'm good at that though, by the way, I'm really good at it. But I, I didn't do that. I sent out an email and I was saying to one of my pastor friends, I, I love my church because they don't have to be convinced. You know, it, uh, you just responded in a beautiful way. So I wanna say thank you for that very, very, very much. Grateful for you. Turn in your Bibles now to John chapter six. And I am going to teach this morning on one of my favorite subjects in the whole world. I am highly caffeinated and I am very excited about this message. It is such a good message that we need to hear right now, a message on the Holy Spirit. We believe, listen, I wanna say this as strongly as I can. At New Life Church, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We are a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered, spirit-obsessed church. <laughs> we, we cannot exist without the Holy Spirit. So I, I was with the pastor this week. He, his church has gone through almost exactly what we went through 17 years ago. <clears throat> and it was just, he's just overwhelmed. He's in like his first three and a half years of leading this church. And I've been here almost 17, and so he called me and goes, uh, Pastor Brady, would you please tell me it's going to get better. I said, I don't know when it's going to get better. He said, How long? He said, How long were you leading New Life Church before you started having fun? I said, I don't know, about six weeks ago. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I've, I've had fun from the beginning. I said, I know it's tough. He said, Tell me. He was looking for a formula. He was looking for like the secret sauce, like the the secret leadership thing that I had figured out. He says, tell me how we go, how can we get through this? I said, there is no secret formula. We worshiped and prayed our way through it. That was it. I didn't have any tricky sermons. I didn't, I didn't like write a tricky book with a formulaic presence. I don't, I don't have any of that. What we did know how to do at New Life Church 17 years ago, we knew how to worship and we knew how to pray. And I said, if ever, any church that knows how to worship and they know how to pray will survive any storm that comes their way. And I wanna say that over your home today, okay? This is not just for an institutional, congregational church. That, what I just said is true for your marriage. It's true for your, your, if you're single, it's true for your home, it's true for your career, it's true for your children, it's true for every area of your life. If you will learn how to worship and pray under the power of the Holy Spirit, no gate of hell will prevail against you. The weapons of the enemy will fall short. No weapon formed against you will prosper and he will refute every tongue that rises up against you if you know how to worship and to pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. And John talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. John, in fact, there are 21 chapters in John and the Holy Spirit is mentioned 21 times. 
John understood, because he's writing this book later, Matthew, Mark, and Luke were written before. John's written later, and he is, he's now watching the church explode and prosper and grow. And I believe John <clears throat> believes, he sees firsthand the power of the Holy Spirit inside the local church. All right, go to verse 63. Listen to what he says, John chapter six, verse 63. The Spirit gives life. Somebody say amen. amen. The Spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. And by the way, this is the great battle of our age right now. What's happening across the globe, politically, economically, societally, every battle that we're seeing fought right now is the battle between spirit and flesh. Which God will you bow to? Which motivation, what are you allowing to motivate your decisions, your behavior, your attitudes, your appetites, your beliefs? Because it's either going to be the work of the spirit motivating our attitudes, our beliefs, or it's gonna be the works of our flesh. And this is, the Bible talks about this from start to finish, that the great epic battle of the human condition is a battle between flesh and spirit. And John says the spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. And the words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are, which means present tense right now, life. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I believe and we believe everything we just heard. I believe that your spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. I have been under the influence of both. And I know firsthand what the flesh does and I have seen firsthand what the Spirit does in my life and I welcome the work of the Spirit today. I pray in this room today that you would challenge us, you would change us, I pray you would convict us, I pray you would strengthen us, and I pray you would continually fill us with the Holy Spirit. And we ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you agree with any of that, would you say amen? amen. All right, now, I wanna, we're gonna take now what we just read is actually right in the middle of the Nicene Creed. And when you walk in the door, I think it's over there on the wall. There's one over here on the wall. You go into the World Prayer Center, the Nicene Creed is right there. If you walk down the hallway and go into the theater, right above the main door is the Nicene Creed. It's, it's our statement of faith at New Life Church. It's been around 1,700 years. It has withstood every test of heresy that mankind has thrown its way. And believe me, they have been a lot. But for 1,700 years, the church mothers and fathers that crafted that, that Nicene Creed believed that that set of statements could hold the church together, and they were right. It has held, fundamentally, it's held the church together with some core doctrinal beliefs that are non-negotiable for me. They're non-negotiable for our elders, for our staff, for our church. But I wanna show you what the Nicene Creed said about the Holy Spirit. So in fact, let's all read this out loud together as a confession, if you believe this. If you don't believe it or if you don't understand it, you don't feel pressured to read it out loud with me. But if you believe what I'm about to say, then without any shame, and with, in fact, with boldness, let's proclaim this to be true, okay? We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. And with the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. Now, 
If you're familiar with how the Nicene Creed is crafted, it starts out with a statement of faith about the Father, then the Son, Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is the third thing it mentions, and fourth and finally it mentions what? The church. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and finally the church. Now why did they do that? I have some things I wanna share with you. I believe the Nicene Creed speaks of the Holy Spirit in between the resurrection of Christ and the church for this reason. The Holy Spirit is the link between the resurrected Christ and the living church. All right, let me make it even simpler. There's no church without the Holy Spirit. There is no church unless the Holy Spirit is moving among a group of people, forming and shaping us. Listen, we can't even, we wouldn't be able to stand each other without the Holy Spirit. Someone asked me the other day, Pastor Brady, do we need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? I said, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Have you been there? Have you been there? You need the Holy Spirit for everything. I'm gonna say this, because I, I don't know if you you're even believe what I'm saying right now. I've been married 34 years because of the Holy Spirit. I was able to raise two of my children and get them out of the house, loving Jesus and loving me and loving the church because of the Holy Spirit. I've been your pastor for 17 years because of the Holy Spirit. I, 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 everything in my life that has gone well and has worked out on my behalf and every blessing that I see in my life is because of the love of the Father, the forgiveness of Jesus, and the person of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that one more time. Everything that I see in my life that is blessed is because of the love of the Father, the forgiveness of Jesus, and the person of the Holy Spirit. All three of those things have to be at work inside of us. I, every day I talk to the Father, I, I talk to Jesus, I talk to the Holy Spirit. I, and why is it? Because I am convinced that we are resurrection people. And if we don't believe in the power of the resurrection, it will affect every part of your life. But if you believe that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is now at work in us, the people of his church, it will change everything that you think. It will change the way you behave. It'll change the way you view the world. Listen, the tomb is empty. I've been there. I've seen, there's like three or four places they think he may have been buried. I've been to all of them. And they're all empty. He's gone. He's alive. The power of the Holy Spirit raised Christ from the dead. And now, guess who is the temple of that same Holy Spirit? The, I am now the temple, the carrier of the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That changes everything then. That changes the way I talk, the way I think, the way I behave, the way I pray, the way I sing, the way I spend my money. It doesn't change the way I eat yet. I'm really praying for that, but not yet, not quite. <laughs> Listen, so I want to unpack these phrases that we just confessed out of the Nicene Creed today. And I just want to, what I'm trying to do today is I want your to, heart to awaken. I think it's been a while for some of you where you've really opened up your heart and invited the Holy Spirit in. You believe in God the Father. 
You believe he sent, you believe with all of your heart that the Father sent Jesus. God so loved the world that he sent his son. That is, un, that's non-negotiable to you. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus says it's better for you if I'm to go away. Because I have something I'm gonna give you as a gift that you're going to need. And it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna show that to you in just a moment, okay? In fact, let me just, you don't have to say anything back to me. You don't have to raise your hand. I'm just asking you a question. When was the last time with faith and passion with your mouth in your prayers said, I want more of the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. I need you more. I want to know you more. I, I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. Listen, I pray that every single day. This morning, 6.05, woke up, bright-eyed, needing coffee, but I was awake and alert, oriented, eyes are open. The first words that came out of my mouth this morning, come Holy Spirit. I'm welcoming the work of the Spirit into my life. So I want to look at these phrases. Let's look at these passages out of the creed, okay? The first thing he says is we believe the Holy Spirit is the giver of life. All right, let me ask a question. If you were to take like an evaluation of your life today, your marriage, your friendships, your jobs, your personal health, your relationships, your friendships, uh, the way you're spending your money, the way you're, just all of the major factors of your life. Where do you need more life right now? What, what's going on in your life right now that seems lifeless? That's the place where you need to welcome the Holy Spirit. That's the place where the Holy Spirit needs to be more present in your life. And listen, it's not his fault that things feel lifeless. It's our fault for not welcoming the work of the Spirit. In fact, a church without the person and the power of the Holy Spirit is just a legal and lifeless institution. But that's true also about our marriage, about our friendships. Any place where you have walled off, where you have blocked out the work of the Spirit, it will feel like it's legal and lifeless. It'll feel stale and static. It'll feel dead. Listen to Genesis. This is the second verse in all of the Bible. Genesis 1, verse 2. The earth was formless and empty, but the Spirit started hovering over those waters. Listen, this is exactly where most of us are living right now. My life feels, I mean, I've heard it two dozen times in the last three weeks from people. Brady, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm still hungover from the COVID. I don't know if I'm hungover from all the politics. My life feels empty and lifeless and formless. And I said, listen, there's only one way for that to change. Is you begin to work, welcome the work of the Spirit. The same way the Holy Spirit was hovering over the dark of the deep is the same way the Holy Spirit wants to start hovering over your life. Welcoming the work of the Spirit. Welcoming his life. We believe that he is the giver of life. Then it also says we believe that the Holy Spirit is God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Father, Son, Holy Spirit is the Trinity that makes up God? Absolutely. Listen, he says, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and he is worshiped and glorified. Listen, the Holy Spirit is worthy of our worship because the Holy Spirit is God. 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So when we worship this morning, I say, Father in heaven, thank you for giving us Jesus. May I say these words out loud a lot. Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus. He walked among us. Thank you for the, his spotless, sinless life. Thank you that he went to the cross to pay for sins that I could not pay for. And Father in heaven, I thank you just as he promised on the third day, he came up out of the grave and was resurrected. And Jesus, thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you promised us this beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit, and I am so grateful that the Holy Spirit is right here with me. He's in front of me and behind me, above me and below me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. And Jesus, thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, thank you that because of your conviction in my life, because you are the one that opened my eyes, I can see Jesus. I can know the Father because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You see how all of this is working in tandem for you. Listen, this, this is good news. Father, Son, Holy Spirit have gone to extravagant measures to rescue you. Father loves you. Jesus forgives you. Holy Spirit empowers you. It's because of the Holy Spirit you can find Jesus. And it's because of Jesus that you can find God the Father. You see, in all of this, this is good preaching, by the way. <laughs> you need to hear this this morning. It's the Holy Spirit's business, his work to introduce you to the glories of heaven. Here's the second thing we believe. We believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He speaks. Listen to what he says in the creed. It says, he has spoken through the prophets. Now, I wanna remind you this morning, it's gonna sound so obvious. In fact, I said this out loud this week and I went, man, that is so obvious. I actually think Christians should read the Bible. I, mean, I think we should open our Bible and read it every day. And, and, and I've, I've said this to you, I think you should read it out loud every day. It's okay to read to yourself, I mean, if you're on public transportation or you know, in your office cubicle, but most of the time I read the Bible out loud because I wanna hear it too. I don't wanna just read it. I wanna hear it spoken over my life and I don't, sometimes I'll just, I need to speak it over myself. So I read it out loud, I don't yell it, I'm not, not screaming, but I read it out loud in a normal voice. Why do I do that? Because I believe scripture is a text that is alive with the voice of God. And the reason most people do not hear the voice of the Lord very well is because the voice of the Lord has not become exclusive to you yet. But when you realize how important it is to hear the voice of the Lord, and when it becomes exclusive to you, when it becomes important to you, when you begin to read the Bible out loud, you'll begin to hear the voice of the Lord. Listen to this, 2 Timothy 3.16, this is Paul. He says, all scripture, all of it, even that weird text in Numbers and Deuteronomy, all of it, it's all canonized, it's all, it's breathed on us. All scripture, listen to this, is God breathed. The breath of God, the very nature of God. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for what? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All of it, let me just encourage you, even get the book on, get the Bible on audio when you're riding around your car. Put it on your, on your radio or your, your media player in your car. I did that for a whole year one time. I just listened to the whole Bible for a year. It changed me. I turned off all my podcasts. I turned off all the political noise and I just listened to the scriptures for a year one time, just riding around, 
hundreds of hours of just listening to the scriptures. My car got started running better. I got better gas mileage. I didn't wear off any tread of my tires. <laughs> Listen, all scripture is God breathed. Here's the last thing I wanna share with you this morning. It is the Holy Spirit's job. It's his mandate actually. Here's the Holy Spirit, this is, why I, this is why I'm so passionate this morning for you to welcome the Holy Spirit. It's because the Holy Spirit teaches us and it reminds us. Listen, there's gonna be days where you're gonna feel very alone and you're gonna feel separated and isolated. That's, that's the human condition. That is, that, that's, a, that's going to happen for each of us where we're gonna find ourselves alone and we're gonna find ourselves disconnected for a while. We don't know where the next, where we're gonna get help. It's in those moments where the Holy Spirit comes to that place. It's in those moments where the Holy Spirit invades and intercedes. It's those moments where the Holy Spirit interjects into your life. It's in those moments where the Holy Spirit begins to come up next to you like a, a good friend. And th I, there, there are days where I have sat in a dark room, feeling the weight of the world, and it's almost like you can feel the Holy Spirit come up next to you. You can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit come settle in with you. And what does he do? What does he do in the moment? He teaches me, he reminds me. He reminds me of my calling here. He reminds me of my love for Pam. He reminds me of my commitment to, as a dad. He reminds me of my story, my testimony. He reminds me and teaches me. All the things that I've learned over the years all come flooding back into my heart. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. John 14, verse 26. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Listen, some of you believers in the room, how many of you in the room have been following Jesus for more than 30 years? Raise your hand. That's what a great, look at the mature people we have in the room, 30 years of following Jesus. Listen, everything you've learned, you can recall by the help of the Holy Spirit. All of the deposits of wisdom and teaching and maturity that's come into your life, that's the Holy Spirit's work to help that bubble to the surface right when you need it. And listen to this, verse 27, he said, for people who live like that, listen to this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Listen to this, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I think that might be the message we all need to hear for the next year. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Why is that possible? How is that possible? It's possible because we've welcomed the Prince of Peace and the power of the Spirit into our lives. We're living with settled souls in an unsettled world. We're, it's going, we're going to begin looking like very peculiar people. How in the world can you live with peace with kindness, goodness, strength, and grace in this world right now. It's because we've invited the Holy Spirit into every corner of our lives. He is in charge. He's the one orchestrating my thought life. He's the one orchestrating my decisions. He is, he is now the guardian of my tongue. He's, he's the filter for my language. 
He's the filter for my social media posts. Somebody say amen. amen. Like two of you, I know, right? So listen, why can, how can we live that way? Because we've welcomed the Holy Spirit into our lives. If that's true, you know what happens when you ignore the Holy Spirit? You're gonna live a life right now, the next eight or nine months could be really troubling and very fearful for people. Or we can welcome the work of the Spirit and live as people under the peace and joy and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit was sent by the Father and Jesus to be our advocate. I wanna want say this this morning, I, I just walked up here and I felt so strong to say this to this particular group today. I may not even say this at 11. But I think there are some of you in the room that don't believe that anyone's really looking out after you. I think you feel like you've been abandoned, you've been left alone. There's no one looking out after you, no one defending you, no one coming to your aid, no one doing something for your benefit. I have good news for you this morning. The Holy Spirit is your advocate. The Holy Spirit is working for your benefit today. He is the advocate. He is the bridge. He is the gap. He is the one who has come to fill in all the voids of your life. It's the Holy Spirit's work to right now to come alongside you and remind you, you are not alone. You've not been abandoned. You've not been forgotten. And you are worthy of rescue. Listen, I don't know who needs to hear that today, but you are worthy of rescue. You are worthy of redemption. You are worthy of forgiveness. You're worth it to him. And he, the, the reason you know you're worth it is he's right there next to you right now. The Holy Spirit's right next to you, opening your eyes, drawing you to Jesus, drawing you to forgiveness, drawing you to grace. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. When we talk about, when we use words like conviction or I feel convicted or I feel, I feel like something, that's the work of the Spirit. That's the, the, the Holy Spirit comes to trouble our waters. He, he comes to unsettle us sometimes because he, he's trying to move us into a better place. He's trying to uproot us from this place where we are and get us onto the paths of righteousness. He's trying to draw us into a better place. That is the work of the Holy Spirit this morning. And listen, New Life Church, in John chapter three, I read that this week. I mean, I'm, I'm reading the Bible out loud to myself this week and I come to this little passage, six or seven words here. John three, it says, for God gives the Spirit without limit. And I asked myself this question this morning, Father in heaven, have I limited the work of the Spirit in my life? Have I put limits? Have I set unnecessary boundaries for the work of the Spirit in my life? Do I recognize that the Holy Spirit wants to take a little bit more ground in my life? Will I welcome the work of the Spirit into my life? For God gives the Spirit without limit. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to take a few minutes, I'm through a couple of minutes early for a reason, because I want to, I want us to ask. I want us to welcome the work of the Spirit in our lives today. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never done that. You say, Pastor Brady, I grew up in a tradition that we didn't hear about the Holy Spirit. I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. is that, does it mean I have to be weird? No, people are weird, but the Holy Spirit is not. Any weirdness you see is not to be blamed on the Holy Spirit, please. The Holy Spirit is beautiful. 
powerful. But you have to ask. And, say, and I, tell, I tell people this all the time, the same way you received Jesus into your life is the same way you receive the Holy Spirit. I welcome him. I, I admit that I need him. I, I surrender myself like we do every day. We come before the Lord. Give us today what? Our daily bread. This is how Jesus taught us to pray. Come before the Lord every day like children. Father in heaven, give us today our daily bread. So all I'm asking you to do today is say, Father in heaven, would you send the Holy Spirit for me today? For the rest of the day, just, just for Sunday today, would you welcome the Holy Spirit into your life for today? And then when you get up in the morning, would you just welcome the work of the Holy Spirit for Monday? Maybe ask for a little more on Monday. But you say, Holy Spirit, I need you today. There's gonna be things that happen to me today that I, I'm powerless against. I, I, I don't know what to do. I admit that. I admit my humanity. I admit that I'm broken in some ways. Would you come by the power of your Holy Spirit and be with me today? Tuesday, same thing. You see what happens is you get into this habit every single day and you look up and the Holy Spirit's with you all the time. And that's, that's the goal, right? The Holy Spirit being with us present with us all the time. So would you do that with me this morning? Just turn your hands toward the Lord and ask him in your own words. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need, I need the person and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. And the words I give to you are spirit and they are life. Father in heaven, I pray right now for marriages that are lifeless. Would you hover over their marriage today by the power of the Spirit? I pray today, Lord, for men and women, students, young and old, who are wrestling with anxiety. They're concerned about tomorrow. They're concerned about things that they just can't control. So Lord, I pray today you would hover over the dark of the deep. And we invite the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, would you come right now into our bodies that are broken and sick? And I pray for those of you that are in chronic pain or wrestling with disease and sickness right now. I pray right now by the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that healing would happen in the room today. And we welcome the work of the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. The Holy Spirit is the Lord and the giver of life. So we receive life back into our broken bodies. Healing, redemption, restoration, reparation. Father, I pray for those that are wrestling with jobs and economic security, Lord, they're wrestling. They just don't know how they're going to provide. And the bills are piling up and they, they, they feel hopeless right now. I pray that the Holy Spirit would go before them and open every door for them provide all they need according to your name and for your namesake. Lord, I pray today that those with abundance would share and that doors would be open for work or that you would put, put us, Lord, in the right place with the right people, doing the right jobs for the right reason. So come, Holy Spirit. Would you just say those three words with me? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. 
I want those of you who serve at the table of the Lord, would you come down and be ready to serve? We're gonna sing this song. I asked John to sing this song. It's, it's a song of prayer. It's a song of invitation. It's a song welcoming the work of the Holy Spirit. So in just a moment, the ushers are gonna give you instructions. You're gonna come down, take the bread, take the cup and go back to where you're seated. And I want you to hold that bread and cup in your hand and sing this song and welcome the Holy Spirit into your life as we sing this song. Come, come to the table of the Lord.
invite you to go ahead and take hold of those elements in your hand. We believe in the Holy Spirit and we have welcomed the work of the Spirit here today and the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see Jesus. We see the work of Jesus because the Holy Spirit has drawn us to this and we see the body, the blood of Jesus which is given for us and this is what we remember now together that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is given for you. And so now we eat of this bread in remembrance of him. And then after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for the forgiveness of our sins. In Jesus, we find forgiveness. As often as you drink this, do this in remembrance of him. Now we lift our voice and we give thanks to him. I just love that every time we invite the work of God, God's not wondering if he's gonna say yes. You, you see, every time we say, God, would you give us more? He's, he's ready and his answer is yes. So we're just so thankful for what God has done here today. I just wanna remind you of a few things before we head out. First, I wanna invite our prayer team to come forward because if there's anything you need prayer for and you'd like someone to pray with you, we would love to pray with you. So there are gonna be people here right at the front of the stage at the end of the service and they can pray with, with you on whatever's on your heart. I um, also wanna let you know that we have section gatherings today for section 11. You're gonna be meeting in the activity center and then section one, you will be in room 161. Here's what those are. It's a time where you get to spend time with the people who you sit next to at church. Why? Because we don't want you to just come to the service and not feel known. And how do, we, how do we solve that? How do we turn it into a place where you don't just walk in and walk out, but rather you feel like you belong here? This is how that happens. You start going to section gatherings, and if you're introverted like me, here's your goal. Just meet one person, okay? One person is enough for today, and uh, that's the beginning of finding community. First, you have to be the community you're seeking, and then when you simply take that step, God will always meet you there, and you'll be able to find the relationships that I know we all need. We don't just want these relationships, we need them. 
We need each other. That's the only way we're going to make it forward. So that's why section gatherings are so important. Also, if you're new around here and you have some questions about new life and the ministries that we have, we'd love to meet you in person. You can go out these center doors to the left, go to Connect Central. We can answer any of your questions there. Well, before we walk out the door, would you just open your hands in front of you? And I just want to pray and just kind of seal this moment of the work of God right here. May you go today, brothers and sisters, New Life Church, I'm praying right now that you would go today filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, filled in such a way that you overflow the presence of the Spirit into the spaces you now go into. That as you walk into a room, people would sense the presence of God because you bring that. And so I'm praying right now for rivers of water to flow through you that it wouldn't just fill your cup, but that you would overflow with the presence of your spirit, of the spirit of God in you. And I pray this under the authority of Jesus Christ. In his name, I pray, amen and amen. So good to worship with you. We'll see you next week.